Hallelujah. We're going to continue with our series on spiritual warfare. Uh, if this is your first time here, again, we welcome you. Uh, and if this is your second time here, your family, so you just might as well get used to the craziness. Um, but we've been talking about spiritual warfare for several weeks now and really taking it at a different angle than what most people would think of when they think of spiritual warfare. Because usually when you tell somebody we're going to engage in spiritual warfare, they've got this thing in their head that we're going out and we're, we're fighting every devil and every demon and, and we're flipping over rocks and we're, we're looking for a devil here and a devil there and, you know, every dark corner's got a devil in it. And so that's what we think of. But like I said last week, you, we can never defeat the devil out there until you first defeat the devil in here. And so when we talk about spiritual warfare, we're not talking so much about the demonic, although we could talk about that and teach on that for a long time. But I believe until we fix us first and we become prepared to actually wage a spiritual warfare, then we're never really going to be prepared. We're just making a lot of noise. Second Corinthians chapter uh, 10, starting in verse 3. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not, not fleshly, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We're going to pull down strongholds. We get this idea in our head, Scott. We, we, you know, we're going to go out here. We're going to march around it seven times. <laughs> Come on. While somebody like Amy sings, I went to the enemy's camp. And I. And we're going to wage warfare here, guys. We're going to get in it. <laughs> and so what we do is we find ourselves in there. But that's not the strongholds he's talking about. In this set of scriptures. Well, how do you know? I'm glad you asked. Verse 5. Casting down imaginations, thoughts, mindsets is what that means. Casting down faulty mindsets. The biggest stronghold in your life is not what the enemy is coming in and bringing this whatever to you. The biggest stronghold in your life is going to be the mindset that you have set up that is contrary to what God's Word said about you. And that's going to be one of the hardest things that we'll overcome. He said, uh, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God now look what he says, and bringing into captivity every thought. Amen. Every thought. That means every thought that we have should be captured by the glory and the mind of Christ. Every thought should be kept. And if your mind is running away with you and you've got all this other stuff coming in that is opposite of what God's word says, then it's time for you to get a hold of a stronghold. Because you've got a stronghold in your life. He says, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now let's look at our second set of scriptures. In uh, Isaiah, not Isaiah, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. 
He says, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Hey, some of you ought to just take a big sigh right there and go, because he just told you, you don't have to be strong yourself. It's not going to be based on your strength. It's not going to be based on anything you can work up. He said, and finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the world's rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take to yourselves the whole armor of God. Now he says it that way twice here, folks. In other words, you're going to have to take this armor on. God's not going to put this armor on you. He's going to provide you with it. And here it is, it's yours, but you're going to have to take it. And you're going to have to put it on. He says, so put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, therefore stand. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take the shield of faith, in which you shall be able to uh, quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer or different kinds of prayer. Praying always with all prayer. <coughs> excuse me. And supplication in the Spirit and watching to this very thing with all perseverance and supplications for the saints. Reread verse 17 because this is where we're going to pick up this week. And take the helmet of salvation. That's as far as we're going to get today. What does it mean to take the helmet of salvation? How can salvation be a helmet? Well, first off, you have to understand what salvation is. Salvation means, a, it, it's, a, it's a sozo. It means the complete restoration of man, body, soul, and spirit. Amen. Your salvation has more to do than just you getting out of hell. Amen. <laughs> it, it, it is a complete restoration. It is a healing for your body. It's a healing for your spirit. It's a healing for your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. And so what he says here is he says, take on the helmet of a complete restored man. In other words, your mindset about yourself has to become that I lack nothing, I'm short nothing, I am healed, I am chosen, I am blessed, I am righteous, I am the righteousness of God, I am what God intended me to be. And you have to absolutely cover your mindset about that because the enemy, what he does is he comes in to steal that mindset away. The, the, the word helmet there is actually, it's made up of two different words. And there are these words here. And, and what they mean is to encircle the head. And so they put those two words together and that's how they come up with helmet. It's a covering of your head for battle. Folks, the greatest battle you're ever going to face is in your head. The way you think is crucial to you overcoming. Beyond faith, 
Because everybody's got faith. We looked at that last week, remember? Everybody's got faith. Everybody's got the same amount of faith. It's not about who has more faith than the other. What's crucial to you is going to be how your salvation, your idea of your complete restoration encircles your mind so that when the enemy tries to knock you in the head, he's not stealing the thoughts of how God feels about you. Amen. Out. So your thoughts, folks, will determine your speech. Your thoughts will determine your actions. Now, Thayer's Greek dictionary of, of the helmet of salvation, it says it this way. It says it's the protection of the soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. That's what he wants to protect here. It is the protection of the soul which consists of the hope of salvation. Now, how do I know this? Look at Psalms 140. In Psalms 140, uh, verses six and seven, David says this, he says, I said to the Lord, you are my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, my Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. See, it would be one thing if we didn't understand, if we only had the one verse that said the helmet of salvation. But now we're going back into the old covenant where he says, even in the day of battle, you cover my head. Folks, let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but it's not every day that I wake up. Brenda, I don't even feel like a believer sometimes, yet alone a pastor. Oh yeah, I'm the only one, right? Let's just be real here. But see, what I have to do is when I wake up and the enemy says, hmm, I, I'm, see, some of y'all don't know my life. Some of, you, some of you in here have heard it, some of you haven't. See, some of you don't understand that when, when, a, when a friend of ours, a, a mutual friend of mine and Dee's uh, found out she, we were getting married, she couldn't believe that Dee would ever marry somebody as evil as Brent Belcher. That was the word described about me. Am I lying? See, I won't go into everything because I don't need to. You know why? Because it doesn't need to be in my head anymore. But there are times when I wake up and I remember what it was like when people were afraid of me and the enemy says, how in the world do you think you're ever going to be anything for God? I know it's been 20, 30 years you've been preaching now. I know it's been 32 years. I know all that. But you don't realize what you did back then. And see, what I have to do right then is I have to begin to put on the helmet that tells me that I am one with Christ. The helmet that tells me that I have been united with Christ through the blood of Jesus. That I am not what I used to be I am who I am now and thy helmet protects my brain when the enemy comes and says you're a faulty mother you're a bad father you're a horrible son you're a terrible daughter you've got to put the mind of Christ you've got to put that helmet that says you have been restored you have been set free from the things that used to be and you are now a child of God Folks, I'm not the only one in this room that the enemy is going to come to and talk like this to. Amen. And David says, oh God, my Lord, the strength 
My salvation is only based on his strength. Nothing I did, Brent. He said, you are the strength of my salvation. He said, oh my God, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Folks, I'm telling you, in the weeks to come, there's going to be battles that's going on. Anybody in here ever been reminded of all your faults? And all your failures. Go to somebody I heard every day. Put on that helmet. Put on that helmet of salvation. It, it'll protect you. I just had the idea of the tinfoil hat people. You know. It's going to protect me from all those rays. Folks, let me tell you, the helmet of salvation will protect you from anything the enemy tries to put in your mind. But you've got to put on the mind of Christ. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm reading out of Phillips' translation. If you've never read J.B. Phillips' translation, do yourself a favor. He'll get it. He said, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. If you're reading King James, it says, be not conformed to this world. But he defines some of these words. He says, don't let the world around you conform you into its mold. But let God remold your minds from within. Again, if you're reading King James, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's not trying with salvation He's not trying to, your, to get your spirit anymore. He's trying to get to that thick head of yours. Amen. He's saying, you've got to let me in so that I can transform the way you've been thinking about yourself into how I see you, into how I think about you. My thoughts about you need to become your thoughts about you. Amen. Oh, He said, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good. You got to put it into practice that the, the plan of God for you, Rachel is good. And every day when you get up, say, I just don't know if God loves me anymore. You got to put that helmet on. That says the plan of God for you is good. He said, so that the plan of God for you is good and it meets all his demands. God's plan meets all his demands. And moves toward the goal of true Maturity. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is the, come on, good, acceptable, and perfect will. That word perfect means true maturity. <laughs> so what God wants you to do is he wants you to begin to think of yourself so that when you cover your mind 
with God's thoughts about you, it can stop anything that the enemy is trying to say about you. And the goal of this is so that you and I can know that God's plan for you is good. God's plan for you meets all his requirements and his plan for you is going to cause you to do something that is very hard for most people in the world to do and that is to truly mature. Amen. Because maturity can be hard. I don't want to grow up. Peter Pan, you know. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Let's continue on this mindset on taking on the mind of Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 from the Passion Translation says this. says, even though we were once distant, once distant from him, living in the shadow of your own evil what? Thoughts and actions. What distanced us was thoughts and actions. It's a thoughts, and the thoughts lead to action. Oh my goodness. Why do you think he's so interested in your thoughts? Because your thoughts is what's going to drive you away. <laughs> Living in the shadow of your own thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace into you. The sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. Now here, catch, catch this. And now there is nothing between you and Father God. For he sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. If... So if I'm going to put on the helmet of my salvation and I'm going to do the thing that's going to protect my mindset, this has to become my mindset about me. Now here's where people start getting, I've got a message. I don't know if I've preached it here, but I might preach it here soon. It's called Saint You. Some of us will go, oh, now wait a minute, you can't call me a saint. Because see, here's, what's, here's what really holds a lot of people back is they don't see themselves as holy. How do you know they don't? Because they say things. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You need to make up your mind. You can't be two things. Oh. <laughs> Either grace brought you out of it and you were born again. <coughs> Or you're just playing a game. So if grace brought me out of it, and now when I put on the, 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 the helmet of my salvation, and I put this thing that encircles my mind, when I look at myself, I, can I should only judge myself by the way that God sees me. And how does God see me? He sees me as holy, he sees me as flawless, and he sees me as restored. I lack nothing. Folks, until you start thinking of yourself this way, you're always going to struggle. Uh, I'm in and I'm out. I'm in and I'm out. I can't make up my mind. You know what that is? That's taking off that helmet. Because... Because... 
Salvation is no longer wrapping around your mind. Your past is starting to wrap around your mind. And when your past wraps around your mind, it will always make you turn away from God. Even though you never left His presence, you're just no longer looking at where He's at. And you feel this separation. And He's still right there. Hmm. Go to Ephesians 4. Teach quick, get out. Now, now, before we read this set of scriptures, who was the book of Ephesians written to? Somebody said it loud. I heard somebody say it. The church at Ephesus, Christians, believers. So what I'm getting ready to read to you was not written to people who don't believe in Christ. This is written to people who do believe in Christ. You know what our problem has become? We have tried to make so much of the scripture apply to people who don't believe in Christ when it wasn't written to them. It was written to fix our silly selves. How in the world can you expect them to live by it? You can't. (laughs) Going on. Now, I want you to bear that in mind. He is writing to a group of believers here. He says, you did not learn so from Christ. Assuming that you really heard him and been taught by him, as all truth is in Jesus, embodied and personified in him. I'm reading now the Amplified Classic. So all truth is embodied and personified in Jesus. Now look what he says here. Strip yourselves of your former nature. That's the nature he killed on the cross. That's what he already took care of, but what what they were doing and what we often try to do is what do we call it? A zombie nature. We're trying to resurrect something that Christ has already nailed to the cross. He's already done away with that old nature. And what happens here is he's, yeah, the church of Ephesians, the Ephesus there, they're picking up the old nature and trying to carry this thing around and it don't belong to them. So he tells them, you strip off the old nature. Strip yourselves of your former nature, put off, discard your old, unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust, desires that spring from what? Delusion. Lies. See, what happens was they took off the mind that says you're already holy. Took off the mind that says you're already, the helmet that already says you're flawless. Took off the, the helmet that already says you are restored. And so what happens? When you take that off, the first thing you want to do is go back and try to do things yourself. I'll make myself better. I'll make myself holy. I'll make myself righteous. And so what am I doing? I'm grabbing that old dead stinking corpse and I'm wrapping it on my shoulders. And I'm trying to read more and I'm trying to pray more and I'm trying to study more and I'm trying to all do all these things thinking it's making me holy and all I'm doing is smelling like a dead body. 
And if I can just release that and put my helmet that says you are flawless. Put on my helmet that says you are spotless. Put on my helmet that tells me that he finds no fault in me. Verse 23. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. That means you have to do this daily. You have to constantly be renewed by the spirit of your mind. King James says it the same way. The spirit of the mind. You have to get a hold of the spirit of your mind because your mind is what's going to run away. Your mind is what's going to defile you because you're thinking of yourself differently than the way Jesus and God himself thinks about you. Mm. Have, now, he goes on to say, uh, uh, be constantly renewed by the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. <laughs> and put on the new nature. The regenerate self created in God's image, God-like, in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. So which I decide to live in, I can go around smelling like an old dead corpse, or I can put the helmet of salvation that encircles my mind, that tells me to think of myself the way that God thinks about me. You see, folks, if you wear the right thoughts, you wear the right helmets, you will be able to stand when the enemy comes to fight you. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. I'm telling you right now, there's some of you in here still having a hard time thinking of yourself the way that he just described it. Right now, your, your, your faults, your failures, everything you've done wrong is going through your mind. You know what that is? That's the enemy just trying to be. Amen. Jody had a vision in prayer one night, one day here in, in our prayer time or something, I don't remember. But there was a spirit that came in and she actually saw it over my son back there and he was beating him in the head and it was thoughts and it was those, those ideas that's what the enemy does he comes in and he whips you in the head because if he can change your mindset about you he can then begin to control you Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus so what's he telling you? You've got to think of yourself the same way Jesus thought of himself. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The same mind which was in Christ Jesus, let that mind be in you. Oh, folks. I read the next, script, the next verses and it'll make you think totally different. It won't come up on the screen, but it says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 
That's what verse 5, verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he didn't count his own glory. He stripped himself of that and became a servant. But just because he became a servant didn't make him any less equal with God. Amen. Now, let that blow your mind for a little bit. Let this mindset be in you that Christ had about himself. So I want to look at two little things here. What was the mindset of Christ? First off, is he understood his relationship with God. Jesus understood his relationship with God. He, was, he never questioned it. He never wondered whether he was son. He never wondered whether he was God. You know, because Jesus was God too, right? He is God, I should say, not was. Like he somehow quit being. Just real quick, Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Matthew chapter 16 verse 17. Uh, Mark 14, 36. Luke 10, 21 through 22. And Luke 23, 46 are all scriptures where Jesus calls God Father. Amen. Not some far off thing. Not some far off person who's just waiting to judge me. He called him Father. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Father. Until you know he is your Father, you're always going to struggle with keeping our mindset straight. Mm. He called God Father because he was sure of that relationship. First John chapter 3. Hey, I'm telling you folks, when we get this mindset about us, we won't wonder whether our prayers are going to be answered or not. We'll quit wondering about things. So in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, I'm reading out of Phillips again. He says, consider, consider the incredible love that the Father has shown us in allowing us to be called children of God. And that is not just what we're called but what we are. Our heredity on the Godward side is no mere figure of speech, which explains why the world no more recognizes us than it recognized Christ. Amen. You are a child of God. You're not trying to become one. You're not going to do enough to say, okay, one day God's going to look at me and go, you did it good, Sandy. You did good, so come on over, you're my child. No, you're now. We're not trying to get there. This is our position in Christ now. Verse 2. Oh, dear children of mine, he adds, forget the affection of an old man. Have you realized it? Here and now, we are God's children. Folks, the biggest part of putting on that helmet of salvation is you letting yourself know every day that you are God's child right now. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. You can't change it. 
Ted can't change that fact about me. Ted may remind me of everything I've done wrong in my past, but he can't change the fact when I keep my helmet of salvation on, he can't change the fact that I know God is my father. Mm. He said, have you realized it here and now? We are God's children. We don't know what we shall become in the future. We only know that if reality were to break through, we should reflect His likeness. For we should see Him as He really is. So to see Him as He really is, is when I look in that mirror and I see me, is to see Him as he really is. If reality were to break through, in other words, if you had a clear understanding of this, you would realize that you're God's reflection now. So when you look at yourself, quit seeing the hurts, the faults, the failures of your past and only see. See, this is what the helmet of salvation does. Last scripture. I got more, but I feel like we need to cut it off here. Sometimes people choke. Galatians chapter 4. And again, I'm reading out of Philip's translation. Galatians chapter 4. But when the proper time came, God sent his son born of a human mother and born under the jurisdiction of the law that he might redeem those who were under authority of the law and lead us into becoming by adoption true sons of God. It is because you really are his sons that God has sent his spirit into your hearts and cry. King James says, Abba, Father. He says, Father, dear Father. The spirit resides in you now and that's what he cries out from inside of you. Ooh. You, my, verse seven, you, my brother, are not a servant any longer. Amen. I'm just a servant of the Lord. No, you're not. I'll try that over here. That didn't work over there. I'm just a servant of the Lord. No, you're not. You are no longer a servant. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a child. See, the word says a, a, a servant doesn't know what the master's doing. He said, but I'm not calling you servants anymore. You're no longer trying to serve God. You are part of the family of God. And you're not trying to just do it. You're not trying to just do this thing to make it right with God. He's already made it right with you. Oh, oh. He's already made it right with you. And now what he says is put this mindset on you that says you were holy, you were flawless, you were restored. This is the mindset that must surround your head. And when it does, you'll understand what walking in true freedom is all about. It's a mindset that must circle our thoughts. And when it does,
it changes us. It, man. it has no choice but to change you. So my challenge to you this week, change the way you think about yourself. Every time, when early in our marriage, when Dee and I was sitting around, she would, she would say something and put herself down. Like I know a lot of us do. And I'd always stop her, Jody. I say, stop doing that. She said, what? I said, I won't let anybody talk about my wife that way. Not even my wife. Folks, every time we begin to speak that negativity about our own life, Father stands up and says, hey, if you'll just stop, I don't let people talk about my child that way. I don't, you wouldn't let somebody talk about your child that way. My kids say, I can't, I can't stop that, you can. God's standing over you right now saying, I'm not going to let anybody talk about you that way. Why in the world are you talking about yourself that way? Put on the helmet of salvation. Let that mindset wrap around you and protect you from everything the enemy tries to throw at you. And it'll hit and it bounces and you will know victory in this day. We're going to baptize some folks here in a minute, but we're going to pray first. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Oh my goodness, Father. You are so glorious and grand and holy and righteous and just and wonderful and magnificent. You are so, so totally, unbelievably good to me. And Father, I ask that when my mouth is starting to run away with me, that I put on the helmet of salvation, that I begin to think of myself the way Father thinks about me, that I am healed. I am restored. I am holy. I am flawless. And I thank you, Lord, that this is the mindset that surrounds my mind. Amen. The helmet of my salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen.